I was done. I was done with my life. Um, you know, I was, I was a lousy father, um, just a terrible partner. And, uh, I just couldn't catch a break in life. Uh, so I was, uh, I was going to commit suicide. Oh, here we go again. Hey, everybody, here we are again. It's been forever for me, but it's probably been much less for you. We are back. We're here to talk to yet another dad, awesome guy. Dustin Hayes is coming to us from California. He's going to share his dad wisdom, his fatherly advice. He's actually the owner and operator of Red, White, and Badass Brews. Uh, he's going to get into that. It may not be exactly what you think when I be hearing me say that, but maybe you've already heard about it. Uh, he's also a retired Navy veteran, and that's really specifically why we wanted him on today. He's going to broaden our minds and, and uh, smarten us up about what it is like to be a dad in the Navy. So uh, thank you for coming on, Dustin. And uh, I guess, you know, give us a bit of your origin story. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, it started really, I mean, fatherhood started in California, uh, but I grew up in Oklahoma, Yukon, Oklahoma, uh, kind of dropped out of high school, just uh, lost my way during uh, growing up, was never a very good student. So 10th grade, I told my dad, hey, I'm done, man. I'm not going to graduate. I'm going to be like 19, 20 before I graduate, if I graduate. So I don't want to have to repeat high school two, three times to graduate. And he's like, yeah. He's like, go ahead. I'll give you 30 days to figure your shit out. So I was looking into the Marines. And my sister was married uh, to a lieutenant commander at the time. And he talked me into going to go in the Navy. So went to the Navy. And uh, had a blast, you know, was uh, just kind of my first time away from home and just kind of, I drank a lot and I also worked my damn ass off. So my party and match my work ethic, uh, which got me in trouble, but, you know, no less, uh, enjoyed it. Uh, went to, went to Caps Mass a couple of times uh, because of it. Under, I got caught underage drinking twice. So I wasn't very while, good at sneaking in around. the service. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. While I was in the service. Yeah. <laughs> first time caught. was three months at my first command, three fucking months. And, uh, even though they recognized me as a hard worker, they're like, yep, nothing we can do for you. The second time it happened, they're like, okay, we can't lose you because one, you shoulders need work ethics. So they sent me TAD to a different ship. <laughs> so that way I could get, charged for the second time so uh so i alluded it the second time first time they crucified me you know uh so they i mean because it was 30 days at the command you know even though i had a work ethic uh if there was a job that needed to be done they could count on me hands down but yeah they gave me like 30 days uh yeah 30 days kind of like in jail you know is what they call it 30 days in jail but it's like 30 days restriction where i just couldn't leave the ship and then they docked my pay, half pay times two. So for two months, I only got half a pay, which we didn't get paid shit anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, I wasn't going out partying, so wasn't that big of a deal. And I didn't have any bills other than a car payment. Um, but uh, fatherhood, man. How I got into fatherhood was probably most like, most like most veterans by not pulling out good enough. And we, I was 20, 
21 when I met when I met her. It was November like 5th or 6th, and I was fresh off of deployment. I'm talking fresh off deployment. And I think what military guys go through is we are gone for so long that when we get somebody that is maybe even half decent and we don't even know them, we fall in love. But we don't even really know what love is, I don't think. I think we just know what lust is. We know what's filling this need and this void. So I, I met this chick. We were having fun for about three months. And very quickly, lust kind of went out the window. And we broke up. About three weeks, four weeks later, she calls me up and she's like, hey, I'm pregnant. And, you know, we haven't talked for about three weeks. And I didn't use protection at all. <laughs> so uh, she calls me up. I'm pregnant. Now, when she calls me up, I'm in Oklahoma on leave with another chick. You know, and this chick is over here. Hey, do you even know if that's yours? I'm like, no, I don't even know if that's mine. I was like, yeah, it's not mine. I need a paternity test, you know, and this chick's feeding me shit, you know, and I know I'm going to get laid with her <laughs> and use protection with her either. Um, now, I didn't get her pregnant. So, you know, that's not where the story's going. But she, uh, I ended up coming home. I ended up coming back. We talked and I was like, okay, most likely this kid is my kid. And I was just turned 22. I had this at the age of 22 being a father. No business, no business at all being a father. I could barely function as an adult, even though I'm in the service. I did my job well. I did it great. But as an adult, I could barely function. Because I think a lot of men and women that go into the military come from probably some broken homes. You know what I mean? They're looking to get out certain situations. Now, I'm not saying everybody, but I'm saying a lot of us probably do. Because we look at the military as a way to escape some dysfunction, maybe find some solace in some structure. And two, because we know we don't want to end up like wherever we just came from. We want to do something better with our life. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I feel like you were just telling my origin story there for a second. <laughs> I uh, I totally was escaping, you know, from somewhere. I, I didn't think there was a future and, you know, word for word, what you were saying. Um, so uh, you did have that one kid. Uh, is that the only one you've ever had? No, man, I, I've have, I have four kids. Okay. So the, the uh, other, the other three were more uh, planned. Dude, only one kid I had was planned. <laughs> only one. You know, my first three were not planned. Oh, my last right. one was planned. Um, yeah, yeah so, so, <laughs> I, I know I, the last one was planned. Like, okay, you know, I, yeah. I know I didn't have to pull out for the last one because I was like, shit, we're trying to make this fucking. <laughs> but so I, I ended up trying to do the right thing. And I took relationship advice from my dad, which that was another mistake. <laughs> I have been divorced three times. So relationship advice, no, I'm not giving it, you know. And now I look at myself, I'm not going to give anybody relationship advice because I've been divorced twice, you know. Uh, but one thing I'm not afraid of is commitment. 
<laughs> you know, yeah, so, for sure. so ladies if you think that's a negative i think it's a plus okay <laughs> yeah I, uh, that's all i'm so, guilty of baby i'm just yeah. too committed I'm just too committed. <laughs> <laughs> so i uh so i marry her and about seven months into this marriage i was like fuck i don't know how well this because we've only known each other five months maybe six months at this point and i was just well i guess about five months after we got married and i didn't even think she yeah she she delivered she delivered uh september 12th and i was just like what did i get myself into i'm in trouble because I don't like this chick, <laughs> but I have this kid, you know, and I'm like, well, what am I going to do with this kid? Like this chick is a loose cannon. I can't just leave this kid with her because I have no idea what's going to happen. So, you know, I did grow up faster, but I still had no idea what it was like to be a father because my dad raised me. My mom was never around, but I really never learned how to love because my dad you know he loved me but it was not like a you know hug kissing type of love it was it was hard love it was hey put some fucking dirt on it quit just <laughs> crying and get up and do whatever we're doing it mm -hmm. was not a oh hey it's okay everything's gonna be all right um it was hard love so i didn't know how to love i never had that soft person in my life because my mom was gone since I was eight. So I had this, I have this, this, this boy and I'm like, all right, I don't want to grow up. I don't want you to grow up how I grew up. Well, most of us, I think revert to how we were raised because it's ingrained into us. And so that's what I did. Guys who are in the military, listen, I am telling you this from knowledge and this isn't a lecture. No fucking PowerPoint's going to tell you to do this, even though they do tell you not to do this through PowerPoint. Do not go out there and get some chick pregnant you do not love unconditionally. And if you're not fit to be in a relationship, don't get in a relationship. Just because you have a kid does not mean you have to marry it. Marry that lady. You don't. Now, Use fucking protection. <laughs> Plain and simple. Please do us all a favor. Use protection. Yeah. You know, you know, get your military career going before you really decide to have a kid. Now I'm saying wait till you're 30 something before you start having kids. So if I could talk to myself now or from myself now to myself, then I would hundred percent do it. Um, so I have this kid. And I know that I know this relationship is not going to last, but I'm going to stay in it as long as I can. It, it matured me, but it didn't really make me into a father. You know, I thought a father was provider and protector, which that's not, that's not just being a father. That's two aspects of being a great father, you know, but you need some unconditional love. You need some compassion. You need some sympathy, some empathy, you know, I, I lacked a lot of that. You know, I went hard on my son. And then adding deployments into it. 
now what people don't quite understand is when we go in through deployments, we're gone. We might see them through Skype. We might see them through, uh, you know, we might be able to talk to them on the phone or he might just go lengthy times without ever getting to see them or talk to them. And then you come back and you're coming back and you're like, got to be that hard role. Got to be that, got to be that hard father. Got to be that lesson learning, giving father. That's not right. That's not the right way to be a father when we come back from deployments because they don't know us anymore. The guy they knew is not the same guy that is coming back. It's not that you've changed. It's because they've changed because they've grown up from that seven months or that nine months or that 12 months. You know, they're going through changes and you have to adapt to those changes. But I, you know, was learning some of this. Uh, as I was going. So about two and a half years into being married and raising my son, I was totally completely done with that relationship. And I was like, I have to get out. Well, she gets pregnant again. Uh, again, commitment. I'm great at commitment. <laughs> You're also very fertile. Uh, yeah. So I think there's something in the water, you know, I think there's like extra fluoride in the water in Oklahoma, you know, maybe, maybe. You know, I don't know all the fracking. I don't know, you know, <laughs> <laughs> something. Yeah. So she gets, she gets pregnant again. And I just like, I'm in my head and my pillow going, Oh my dear Lord. Are you, you're an idiot, Dustin. You are the world's dumbest guy. You have to be. I want you to stop having sex with her. Well, I can't. Okay. <laughs> Cause I think most of us in the military or maybe just most people in general, we have to have sex, man. We're animals. You know what I mean? We are. You know, there is that need. We have to have sex. I'm not going to go outside the relationship. I'm looking for it. But I just, you know, she wasn't on. Oh, she said she was on birth control again. Um, I think it was a trap. She knew we were going down. We, I mean, that ship was sinking fast. So I was like, well, bury my head and pillow. Here we go. I got my daughter. So my daughter was born in October. Um, as you will see. If you're keeping track and keeping a tally, I know when I'm most sexually active and I'm most fertile. So October, she's born. And uh, I got this little girl, you know, but I'm still lacking a lot of things of actually being a great dad. I'm still lacking the empathy, the sympathy, you know, now I can I can see because I'm like, okay, you know what? With her, it's going to be different, you know, because we always say it's going to be different. Well, motherfucker, you got to change to be different. <laughs> you know, not just having the kid is not going to make you change. So I'm holding her and uh, my my grandmother. So being raised in Oklahoma, raised a little bit differently. Uh, we were not very culturally diverse uh, in the town I grew up in or where, you know, I was raised. So I told my grandma that my daughter was going to be named Shaniqua Shante. And my grandma about fucking flipped. And I was like, no, because she gave me shit about naming her Dakota. And I was like, oh, yeah, I want to teach you a lesson. You know, so I was like, I want to name her Shaniqua Shante. And, uh, and we're at the hospital. My daughter's born. And she, like, laughs. And I'm dead silent. I'm like, nope, not laughing. And she's, like, nervously laughing, calls my dad. And... Uh, and my dad's like, yeah, okay, he's joking. You don't have to have a heart attack. And I was like, well, that'll get her to shut up, you know, and never 
questioned me on naming my kid again because she's like, why do you want to name her Dakota? You know, because Dakota is a more of a Native American name. And so, and I was like, well, because we like the name. Who gives a shit where it comes from? We love the name. You know, quit trying to get my kid to change me, get to change my kid's name. This is what we chose, love her or not, because of a name. So, um, so yeah, it, being in the military put a lot of diverse, changed the whole way of me thinking after being in the military and being in the military for 13 and a half years, you know, and then going back to Oklahoma, we can get into that later. Going back to Oklahoma, wide and my eyes open to like, holy crap, this is a different point of view I have in Oklahoma now, living so long out of it. So, uh, so anyway, my daughter's born, love this little girl, man. And I'm like, okay, you know, now she's changed me a little bit. She's opened up my heart, you know, chiseled some of that wall away, but I was still lacking as being a father because I wasn't even growing up myself. I was 24 and a half, almost 25, I guess at this point. And I wasn't still mature enough to really be a father. So after two and a half years of, of being married, after my daughter was born, I told my wife, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I absolutely do not love you. There's nothing in me that feels any kind of, I, I have nothing for you. Thank you for the beautiful kids that we have. I really love that, but we absolutely have to get divorced because I'm not living the rest of my life in this, in this relationship. So we divorced. Uh, split up, actually, we even divorced. Split up. You ain't gonna fucking believe this. <laughs> I, 12 hours after I moved out of our place, I met this girl. <clears throat> and it was great. And again, I think this goes back to the military, man, because I don't think we're ever home long enough to really establish a good relationship or a good foundation of a relationship. It's like we always hit this lust stage, and then we're just stuck in it. We're just like, oh, yep, lust, and right about time for it to wear off, we're off to a deployment, <laughs> off to a training, another school. You know, we're doing something else. Yeah. Uh, I mean, wouldn't you guys say? <clears throat> yeah, that, that um, I got married, and you know, right after I, I enlisted, and it was it, like it wasn't for the right reasons, but we knew going in, and it wasn't like you know, an I love you type of thing. We were doing it, you know, for the money because you get paid more. And she was, uh, uh, she was from Taiwan and she was going to have to move back. So, you know, it was convenient, but, um, there was lust there. And then right about the time it was going to wear off, I went to Bosnia and, you know, for six months. And then I come back from Bosnia and suddenly like, oh, there's that lust again. And, you know, so it kept us going, you know, like, just like you said, because every time it would start to fade, you know, I'd go to uh, Louisiana or, or whatever the case may be. And then, you know, I'd just, just long enough to, to miss her and, and want to, you know, get up in that again and then you know i'd be back and it'd start over i mean that's what that's what the military does you know they don't ingrain into us hey this is how you be in a relationship hey this is how you be a leader you know this is how you do your job they teach us well how to do that they don't teach us you know uh how to be a father because i think again going back to the point i think a lot of us come from a broken home but we don't know what a true real relationship looks like you know, um, it, and again, talking to a lot of my brothers and sisters of why they joined the military, you're like, man, 
are we all just broken? You know, but broken people, man, make some badasses. Evidently, you know? yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't have to be broken to be badass. But it helps. <laughs> but it helps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I have my daughter. And then I met, uh, then I met my current ex-wife. 12 hours after I move out. Let me and, guess. She smelled you and got pregnant. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you know, she didn't smell it. She, was, she wasn't like, oh shit, new car smell. For Christmas, she impregnated her. <laughs> yeah, I have a couple of dings in the doors, you know what I mean? Paint stuff to fade. <laughs> so she's she's young, but I didn't know at the time how young she was because she acted older than I was, and I was 25. And she's acting or 25, 26, no, 20 seven at the time uh she's acting older than i was and so i was like hey what this ain't gonna last anyway so she told me already she was 18 years old i was like holy shit no fucking way this is gonna last well she just kept showing me up i was like hey look how mature i am i'm like god dang how's this young chick more mature than i am and uh we fell in love i absolutely love this girl i changed the way i I changed the way I was thinking, changed the way I was doing things. Um, she actually chiseled away into my heart, which nobody's ever done that, ever. No friend, no family member, nothing, nobody. And I can truly tell you that I loved this woman. Well, 11 months into it, she gets pregnant. Right before I'm leaving for Afghanistan. And I'm like, fuck. All right, you know what? I'm a man up, and uh, we're gonna get married. So we we got married. Went down to the courthouse. Uh, it was 4:20 <laughs> when we got married. <laughs> there was no correlation of doing drugs and our original marriage date. It just happened to be 4:20. Um, I wasn't thinking it till after we got married, and we were like, oh hey, 4:20. Like, eh, that means something else. <laughs> um. So we, we ended up getting married, uh, had a great, you know, relationship. She treated me like a king. Um, I tried to treat her like a queen, how I knew how to treat somebody. Um, but I was still lacking a lot of things that I needed to be a father, uh, and a husband. So I, uh, while I was gone, she was, you know, packages, she's pregnant and, uh, five days into landing in Afghanistan, uh, she gives birth to my second daughter, my youngest daughter. And uh, I already knew this deployment was going to be a long one. I knew it was going to be around nine, 10 months because they didn't have anybody else trained up. And it was going to take a while for we, for us to get um, replaced. So and, and what I did, I flew drones for special forces. So I go out with the teams or whoever they wanted me to go out with, uh, but it was, it was JSOC who I was attached to joint, uh, special operations command. And, uh, they, I was out with the SEAL teams first, first bit. And, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I look back at it and I'm like, what in the fuck are they doing? You know, I'm sending us cause you know, I mean, army guys, they go through a lot of training. Marines go through a lot of training. Navy goes through training how to put out a fire on a ship or their job. You know, they don't train you to go to combat unless you're Navy SEAL. Uh, so I had this, they call it IA training. And it was like, I think a week long or something like that it was ridiculous. Like two hours of convoy training, which uh, 
I don't know how much the Marines or the Army get, but I know they don't get. I know they get more than two hours of convoy training. Uh, you know, yeah. this is simulator role. I got days at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right, guys. I mean, that's exactly what it is. So, uh, so they put me out there with these guys, and I tell this story because it's it's funny, and I actually tell it now to uh, use it in business. Hey, you can use it whatever you want to. You can use it in fatherhood. But uh, first time on the Hilo, stick is on the Hilo. There's a shitload of seals on there. I'm sitting between these guys' lap. And they uh, shoot flares. Out. And it's like day, I don't even know, like six or seven in theater. And I'm like, oh, God, this is how I die. I clench my ass cheeks so tight. The uh, guy behind me, you know, I say whisper, but you're not whispering in the Hilo. Yells out, hey, can you do that again? You know, and I'm, I'm laughing. I'm chuckling like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He knows. He knows. He knows he's got, you know, somebody just fresh off of whatever. And uh, and these guys don't know me for lick. I've never met these guys until we get on that helo. And there's not a conversation had. There's nothing. I'm sitting between this dude's legs. We got an interpreter strung across us. And these guys start, uh, you know, doing some hand signs, you know, like, I think they're like throwing up gang songs. Like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, I miss this course in IA school. What are these? And uh, so they open this door, man. They throw this interpreter out on the ground and they get out and they take a position. Well, so do I, you know, naturally, like, I'm just like, all right, I played Call of Duty. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> so I get out <laughs> and I realize I don't have a magazine in my M4. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, I'm that guy. I'm like, oh my god, and I'm like, you know, like, did anybody see that? Because uh, I'm not shooting back. I'm you can use it as a baseball bat to beat somebody close <laughs> up. So I'm that guy. So they get us, uh, they get us down. Um, boom, move on. So I, I tell that story for one, because you have to be prepared for the situations you're in. You know, preparedness is key. You can take this into fatherhood. If you know you're going to be a father and you know there's some things that you need to work on, man, you got nine months. You got nine months to start working on that. Preparation is key. I knew I was going out with these guys, not nine months, but a few months before. I could have done something a few months before. I could have requested more training. You know, I could have so much things I could have done to prepare myself for war, but I was just thrown into this. And here I am getting off the freaking helo. First time meeting these guys with an empty M4. So preparedness is key. Same thing for business guys. Preparedness is key. If you know, you're going to open a business, you know, you're going to do it in nine months, you know, eight months, 28 days to start really looking into business classes or businesses. You're not prepared, man. You know, you've got to be prepared. Same thing with fatherhood. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish I had somebody. I wish my dad would have told me, like, dude, you have nine months to prepare to be a father. I don't think you're ready. You know, if he would have been straight and real with me, that would have probably set a lot of things up a lot differently because I could have taken that and saying, hmm, okay, I think you're right. I think you're right. I'm not ready. What can I do? You know, I could have done a lot of things differently. Another thing I talk about is being present. Just because you have kids, 
you're just that's just not equating you to be a father you have to be a present father and i can go back and look and one of the things that tears me up inside is i was not a present father i was providing i was protecting but i wasn't present i relied on my wives to be present and me to do what the fuck I wanted to do because I was making the money. I was working the jobs. So in my mind, I could go do whatever I wanted to do. And I did a disservice to my kids. And it took a while in my thirties to realize I have to be present to raise functional human beings who are going to do something for the society besides this being dirt bags. You know, it takes two. Guys, we need a mother and we need a father to raise these kids. And we need both of them to be presents, present. What I didn't realize with my first two kids is my ex-wife wasn't really present. So now we have these young kids who have two parents that do love them, but weren't present. And when I reflect and I go back on that, it hurts. It hurts a lot because there's a lot of things I could have done different. I could have practiced with my kids with sports. I could have taken them fishing. I could have taken them hunting. But instead, I did that shit without them because I felt like, oh, I work all the time. I need this time off. I need this for me. I wasn't matured enough to really realize that wasn't till my uh, son was born I my my uh, fourth kid and I realized what I was doing by then my other two kid my other three kids uh, well two oldest ones really have kind of set in their ways and uh, one thing I didn't know they were dealing with a drug addict mother on the other end so as I, as I was trying to be present, um, a lot of things from them growing up with their mother being a drug addict started surfacing. And I didn't, I, I didn't know how to handle that. So um, I tried to get help. I went to counseling, took my kids to counseling. Uh, my oldest son wouldn't go, just flat out wouldn't go and he's about the size of me so getting him to go was really not an option he's just like nah, no i'm not gonna go and he was he he was big he was a big stocky kid i mean even at the age of 13 14 uh one thing i one thing i did learn is uh technology guys gals do not do not let your kids be raised by technology because that is the devil. You know, not trying to get into politics, but or anything else, and I'm not going to, but technology, if you're letting your kids being raised by YouTube, TikTok, wow, we are creating kids with mental illnesses. So um, while I was deployed, I was thankfully enough, I had a sat phone, so I had my own sat phone, so I could call back and forth whenever I wanted to. Uh, connection was here and there. 
I mean, you know, being out in the middle of Afghanistan, you're not getting Cox internet. So <laughs> you're barely maybe get a Skype or two in until uh, I got back to the hub. Then I would Skype. And uh, that's how I got to see my daughter kind of growing up. First time I got to see her, I was, she was seven months, seven months old. So she was, uh, she was crawling almost. Yeah. Just started to learn how to crawl. And I, I was just, uh, just baffled by, you know, by her. And, you know, she, I was, just, but here's the thing. I was on R and R. So I knew I could not get out of this mindset and relax because I knew I was going right back into combat. So I had two weeks to rest and relax. Um, you know, it was just really being kind of there with my family. I couldn't even tell you really what I did on r and I, I know we went to a few places, but I could not actually tell you. Uh, if we went to SeaWorld, uh, Knott's Berry Farm, anything like that, she tells me. She tells me, but I couldn't tell you. Uh, we spent time together. We went and did some things. I, but again, uh, I just couldn't remember what we even did because I was in the state of like, Nope, I can't get out of that zone because I'm going to be right back into that zone. So um, R&R didn't really do anything for me. Went right back. Um, and then it wasn't until after my daughter's first birthday. Uh, what was it? 26, I think, is when I came back. When I finally got back. So not only missed most of her pregnancy, but also missed um, you know, the whole first really year of her you know, growing up. So my daughter didn't really even know who I was. Um, so it, it was, it was interesting. She knew who I was. I mean, my, my, my wife at the time did a fantastic job and she's a fantastic lady. She did very well. She had pictures of me. She would read to her. Uh, she would send me out these, um, uh, maybe, maybe you guys know these daddy me books, you know, or mommy and me books. They, they would send to deploy people, you know, and you could record your voice, Hmm. you know and reading the book uh, yeah. yeah i have one with like it looks like me um but i don't i'm not uh not in my voice no yeah um, it was something the uso did i feel like i have a um i definitely have a delay do i have a delay yeah yeah you got a delay i have a delay okay so i'm going to talk less to uh you know minimize that and i'm gonna let dan kind of be the host so all right. uh we're gonna go um we'll go you know we'll go like a little bit longer and then dan you kick it into uh promotional time and then uh because we like to save the last little bit for the guests to promote whatever they got going on and then a little bit after that um just kick it into your dad joke and um hopefully my delay catches up or goes away or i don't know what i don't know why it's here it, it did it with sam too so i don't know mm -hmm. what's causing it but hopefully it fixes itself uh, but with All that, right. I'm going to kind of step back, you know, and just and uh, be more of a, a watcher. Right on. So good luck, Dan. Yeah, thanks. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, I got a I got a couple questions. Sure. Just uh, just listening to you talk and stuff uh, in, in general. I wasn't in the military, but my dad was. So I kind of come from that kind of household. Um, obviously, I have tremendous respect for every military member, no matter what their job is, because it's all important. And thank you for your service. Um, 
I just wanted to know, uh, was your dad in the military or do you have any family that pushed you quote unquote in the military or is that something you did just like on your own? Yeah. So most of my, most of my family served, uh, both my grandfathers did, uh, my dad didn't serve. He was, uh, about to get selected for Vietnam and then they ended the war. So thank God. Um, but he, yeah, he didn't serve. So it was really, it was really a way out. So I really had only three options, you know, drop it out of high school. Just doesn't, um, it does something for you. I got my GD. So right away I got my GD. I was like, all right, I have to have that to get in the military. Right. I either had to work the family ranch, family construction business, or go work for my uncle who owned an electrical company. Um, I hated, I hated the trades. I, I really didn't like them. Uh, I don't know why, you know, cause it's a really good skill set. So I, it just wasn't for me. Uh, even though later in life I did own a construction business. <laughs> so inevitably I followed in the footsteps of my dad again, but uh, yeah, my dad didn't serve, but my, uh, but my grandfathers did serve and every grandfather, great grandfather after that. Served. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, so it wasn't, he wasn't pushing me into the military. He's just kind of saying, Hey, you know, figure that we got 30 days to figure your shit out. And then once I tell him to go to the military, he was like, okay, maybe I'll give you a little bit longer. <laughs> so it wasn't that big of a deal. Cause I was going in the military. Now he said, if I didn't go in the military, the day he finds out and he's kicking my ass out. <laughs> so yeah, right on. Yeah. My dad didn't, he, uh, he's told me, he's like, that's an option. You know, if you want to do it, I'll, I'll stand by you. And if you don't, I'll stand behind you. Like it's, I'm not going to push you because you'll, run away from it. Um, I've been, I've been tried to, people have tried to push me into doing things and, and it just doesn't, I run from it. So, which is to me, that's just human nature. So he, he laid it out. He's like, that's, that's an option. You can do that. You can go to work you can go to college, whatever you want to do. And I'll, I'll, you know, I'm behind you hundred percent. So, you know, it was an option. I just not the option I wanted to take. So, um, but yeah, he, my, my dad served. I have cousins that served my grandfather on my mom's side. He was in world war two in the Navy. Um, so yeah, I come from, you know, some military family, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's good. I'm, I, I hate it when parents, not just with the military, but like with sports or music or, or anything. I hate it when they like, Hey, I did this. You have to do it no matter what, like, no, let your kids figure out give them the influence and like my dad did. And I'm sure like your family did like, Hey, it's an option, but you know, you do what you want to kind of, so, so to speak. Exactly. So. That's how I am now. Like, I'm not like, yeah. Oh, you're playing football. You're boxing. Yeah. You know, right. No, no. Hey, what do you want to do? Like what yeah. appeals to you? Yeah. You know, my son said water polo. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like sweet. Okay, hey. cool. You know? Yeah. And I, I love it. I'm like, you want to do water polo? Well, he's, he's nine years old. So today, uh, actually, I had a proud father moment today. And someone might shake your head, which, hey, you know, raise your kids, man. How you see yeah. that? So we went snorkeling. And uh, it was a little bit rough for seas getting in. And I was like, hey, you know what? You know, calm seas never made a skilled sailor, man. You know, so I'm teaching this, you know, my son, my youngest son, you know, this lesson now. And I was like, you look at this, and it's a challenge. I go, we can do two things. We can accept the challenge 
or we can go away and say, you know what, let's just go till a calmer day. Whatever you want to do, it's up to you. Right. You know, he flip flat back and forth. No, 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 no. You know, he cried a little bit and I was like, Hey, we don't have to do this. He's like, no, I want to do this. I'm like, all right, let's go. So I was like, we just, all we have to do jump in right as we get in, we wait for a wave to hit and just let it pull us right on out. Okay. It's going to pull us a little bit. We're just going to dip down into the water. And uh, then once we get past the break, we'll swim past the break and we'll put our fins on. We're good. You're good. So he does. And, uh, and we had a blast snorkeling and, and we're in San Diego. So there's leopard sharks and I was hoping to see some dolphins. People saw some dolphins. So, you know, I wanted to go, you know, pet flipper and, uh, you know, just trying to get out there with him and he, he's just loving it. So I'm like, yeah, man, let's do this. Let's do this. And, uh, we get out and kind of wash off and made sandwiches. And all of a sudden into this beach, we just see a bunch of people, just a ton of people. He's like, let's go check it out. I was like, all right, let's go check it out, man. So we go down there and I see all these like yellow towels. And I asked somebody who was walking opposite direction. Hey, what's going on? They're like, this is a college freshman introduction party. And I told my son, I was like, look, we can turn back now or we can go down there and go check this out. He's like, no, let's go check this thing out. But there's no alcohol on the beach, you know, so it doesn't get crazy. Now people bring alcohol you know, and just, you know, hide it. But we walked down there and I'm kind of being hesitant. I'm like, all right, you know, I, so I told him, Hey, this is a college party. So this is your first introduction of what kind of college looks like. And he's like, all right, all right. He's walking down there. All of a sudden he just starts, he hears the music. He just starts like doing this. Hmm. And I'm like, all right, man, he's into it. I'm like, I'm sweet. Let's roll. Let's do this. He gets up there and they have some people on this little ledge that's like 10 feet above everybody else and they're up there doing a dance video or dance whatever but nothing crazy just do some dance moves and you know like hip-hop or whatever and he's like hey i'm gonna go dance i was like all right man go dance where are you gonna go dance he's like i'm going to the front i'm like he's nine years old i'm like go ahead go to the front man go dance so he did, and they're all just like showing him how different dance moves. So nothing too crazy. We're not in a club, no club dancing, you know, girls shaking booties, twerking, nothing like that. So uh, he gets up there, he starts dancing. And I'm over here, hell yeah. One, a nine-year-old boy to go up there in front of everybody and start dancing. I'm like, dude, I love that confidence. Hell yeah. And then after, he sees these guys doing push-ups. And he's like, Dad, can I go? I was like, Yeah, sure, man. Go drop in on him. He's so he did. He was right next. Started doing push-ups. I was like, All right. They're like, Oh heck yeah. He's like the little party guy at the. And we were only there for about thirty minutes, because uh, I was That's like, awesome. All right, this is enough. Let's get you out of here. On the way out, he starts trying to hit on these four girls. <laughs> Picks them up, you know. And he's just, I was like, He's like, Hey, Dad, I'm gonna go talk to these girls. I was like, All right. Well, what are you gonna say? He's like, I don't know. I'll figure it out when I get there. <laughs> so, <laughs> it goes up. I was nice. like, fine. I was like, you know, but me being that, I was like, yeah, you know what? I have to video this because uh, <laughs> I have to have proof because nobody else is think it's, it's it's happening. And this new lingo these days, they call it rizzing. You guys ever heard of this? Rizzing? Uh, yeah, yeah I've heard are, of it. My kids are trying to bring me up to speed on all that stuff. If you got riz, that's supposed to mean you have charisma or swag or whatever. Th that's exactly what it is. You yeah. have charisma or swag, you know, and at nine years old, I'm like, what kind of Riz do you have? Like, seriously, 
you know, or any of these kids talking about Riz. <laughs> so uh, my kids and my friend's kids talk about this. And at first I heard about a month ago. And if you hear kids talk, they are having a conversation, but it seems like this one's having a different conversation than this one. And it doesn't make any kind of sense with these new lingos and languages. So I'm over here listening and I asked them, Hey, what's Riz? And they're like, Oh, it's, you know, picking people up or charisma. They didn't say charisma or swagger, but that's exactly what it means. Yeah. As they're explaining it to me. So he goes and, uh, you know, so he has some Riz, man. That's uh, so that's wild. So now as a father, I'm looking at him like, all right, I got trouble on my hands. <laughs> I got me. At nine years old. And I'm uh, like, oh my God. Huh. And so now I'm going to have to somehow, which I'll probably need a book, you know, because I didn't get to talk to my oldest son. Uh, I do now. Uh, and I could get into a little bit. Um, but um, now I am going to have to tell him, like, hey, dude, you really got to keep uh, that thing wrapped up <laughs> until you're ready. Like, seriously, take it yeah. from somebody who's had four kids. Uh, and three of them were not planned. <laughs> you need to keep it wrapped up. So hopefully that's later in life, not earlier in life. Um, but the confidence that he has, and he's actually coming, he gets, he gets made from at school a little bit because he has a cliff lip cleft palate. Um, so he has that scar right here. And uh, one of his nostrils isn't you know, shaped like the other one. It's not symmetrical, you know, and some kids are giving him some shit. And so I, I taught him to one deflect it. And, you know, when somebody says something, be like, or if they're making fun of you make fun of your looks and be like, Hey, I get it, man. You know, you want to make fun of somebody who is more sexy than you. So I understand, <laughs> you know, and I always build him up. Hey man, you're my handsome little guy. Hey, what? Oh, dude, look at this picture. You're such a handsome guy in this picture. Look at this, you know. Um, and doesn't matter the angle, you know. Don't get his good side, you know, because that's all he's gonna see. Every angle of this kid, man, get every angle of it, and every angle is his handsome side. You know, build his confidence up. So that's what I've been. Me and his mother are on the same page trying to do for the last year, um, be, or last six months, I guess. Build his confidence up because of people in school or you know, trying to break him down. Um, so seeing him going and putting himself in front of college kids and dancing and no shit dancing, he was dancing. He was falling <laughs> along with the moves, the whole nine yards. And then going up and saying, Hey, I want to go talk to these chicks uh, who are 10, 12, 13 years older than him. Uh, I was like, all right, man. All right. We're doing the right thing. Uh, now I just hope I don't give him too much confidence. And that head is a you know, <laughs> huge um, you know, and ha having kids, man, when I go back to TikTok, uh, and Instagram, YouTube, social media, Snapchat, guys, 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 your kids have fucking Snapchat. Get them away from that right there. I can't, you understand there's drug dealers on Snapchat. That is the wildest damn thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah. They do and it I, over video game subscriptions too, like if, like on PlayStation Network or Xbox Live. They can they can hook up and you know meet their five minute friends or their dealers and make transactions that way too. See, I mean, it, it's yeah. it's bizarre yeah. this, how this stuff happens, man. I mean, anything social media, 
I, it's, it's, and not only that, but it's, it's caused a huge mental health crisis and a uh, confidence issue with our young women, with our daughters. Everybody's just so ruthless because they're behind a keyboard and they can hide and they're not going to be worried. Like, I know I'm probably the youngest one out of the four of us here, but even when I grew up, if you said, if you smarted off to the wrong person, they'd knock your teeth down your throat. And now kids and even adults don't have to deal with that because they can hide behind their keyboard and their screen and get away with it. So it's, it's just so toxic. Like I have, you know, social, we all have social media, but it's, I try to find the good in it. And it's not, it's hard to find some days, you know? Oh, hundred percent. And you know what social media doesn't teach them? It doesn't teach them class, doesn't teach them manners, and it doesn't teach them how to treat other people, you know? And that's something that's going to be like a systemic problem with some of these younger kids and some of these younger generations is because their parents are either letting them raise, letting them get raised by technology, or they're just not making that disconnect to show them that, you know, Hey, this is how you need to treat people in real life. You know, don't go off of what you see off of a social media trend and and follow that because how you're supposed to interact with people or treat people, you know, from day to day. It's just uh, it's it's setting them up for failure. Yeah. Big time. I mean, you can't every these influencers is 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 just it's scary how much influence they have over yeah. our kids, man. And you turn the cameras off, man probably most of those people's lives are just wreck. And so I, I try to teach them the, like there's value in having social media because you can interact with people you'll never otherwise meet, but you can't just interact with anybody. Now I try to, you know, try to keep tabs on their phones and all that stuff, which is hard because uh, unless you're in tech, they are out teching us. Yeah. You know, they know the newest, latest, and greatest because they are tapped into the greatest network. You know, these young kids who have learned to hide. So, and they're learning. Good, good. And just like he was saying about PlayStation Network, I had no idea PlayStation Network was another uh, avenue for for drug dealers. Uh, And I learned this the hard way uh, with my oldest daughter, with Snapchat. And uh, my oldest son got addicted to drugs. And I tried to do everything for him. He was a senior, went to a senior year, had a 4.3 GPA. And within, by Christmas, he didn't even make it to Christmas. He, uh, he, fuck, he'd had a point like one or something. I don't even know if he just, not even a one, not even 2.0, not even 1.3. It was like a 0.5 or seven. Um, and uh, I ultimately had to uh, kick him out because he had a drug problem and would not go to rehab. Um, and again, I know, you know, I just trying to be there as a father uh, and I still talk to him. You know, I still take him out. I still try to be that father, you know, figure to him. Um, but, you know, I lost that edge uh, the moment I kicked him out because of uh, I think he needs a hard, hard, you know, had, needs that hard knuckle lesson of, uh, hard life lesson like hey dude you've got to hit rock bottom uh, before you get picked back up and your rock bottom is not tearing this family apart you know uh, sorry buddy that's not how it is uh, so I had to do some real tough love with him um, and I still try to uh, try to you know I still try to take him out like hey man let's talk what's what are you doing what do you need help with 
um, you know, he doesn't understand. I can get him a job making $100,000 right now if he wanted it. But there's no way in hell I'm putting my ass on the line because he has quit every damn job he's had. So uh, that that right there has been tough. And when I say TikTok, YouTube, Discord, these 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 programs, the internet, the computer, you got to get them off of it. We got to get them outside the house and doing something. I'm not saying going outside doing sports. That's a great thing to do. But outside doing something, whether it's surfing, walking, hiking, you know, got to get them off of these, off the technology for an extended period of time. Um, I also thought I was parenting the right way by, hey, you guys, the only time I'm checking your grades is progress report and report card. If it ain't up to snuff, well, that's your ass. Don't do that no more. Uh, now I'm not a helicopter, but I'm like, hey, I noticed your grade slipping. What's up? How can I help you? I'm here. Hey, what do you need help with? You need help with math? Hey, I'm here. You know, being that present father, being present, being present. If you don't hear that clear enough, I'm saying present. <laughs> oh, we, we, uh, we harp on it all the time. That's, I mean, that's one of the, like you I, when you were talking about, you had, uh, you had three points that you were making about the, is the three P's is what I, what I was thinking in my head. Uh, you know, but I can't remember the other two right now, but being present is the, the, it is really important if, cause yeah. If they're not, if you're not going to teach them the right way, they're going to learn the wrong way from their friends or the internet or something else. So I would rather teach them what I feel is the right way in my head. And from my experience, than have them turn out like little assholes and be entitled and, you know, not be a a benefit to society. Yeah, that's exactly 100% it. You know, also, if you're having a significant other or their mother or their father have an addiction issue. You better take very cognizant and very, very clearly start looking at how much influence they really have. Because usually when they're beneath the influence, they're not being a parent. They're being a friend. Um, That's another thing is my oldest daughter decided to go live with her mother and grandparents because my rules are too tough, which my rules are not tough at all. It was very easy. Hey, do your chores, get good grades. Don't fucking lie to me. You know, that's the quickest way of getting, you know, in trouble is lying to me because I will find out. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just uh, she just couldn't stop, you know, not lying. And uh, she also couldn't stop smoking pot at 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, uh, we, that's, man, I can harp on, I can talk about this for hours. Uh, we're losing the war on drugs. You know, with our with oh, yeah. our young ones, you know, um, I don't I don't know about you guys and where you live, but they have legalized marijuana in California and probably I think most of the states now by now, because usually once California goes, New York goes and then it's just, a, you know, rolling, rolling hill, rolling down the hill after that. One thing they promised, oh, we can make sure it doesn't get in the hands of young people. Well. There was a kid at, not at the high school that my kid went to, but the opposite high school in town. It was a chick. And this chick in high school was making $2,000 a day selling weed, Damn. vape pens in high school. $2,000 a day. 
Wow. I mean, and they didn't catch her until she'd been doing it for like seven, eight months. Wow. Two thousand dollars a day. The DEA was involved, Damn, and she dude. was going to Mexico and bringing it back. <laughs> wow! I mean, a, talk about incredible! Wow! <laughs> yeah, I just it was it was shocking. You know, when that when that when that report finally came out, it was like wow. Um, Damn. Yeah, yeah. The uh, if you go talk to your uh, school resource officers, you know, I love law enforcement. I'm a big component for law enforcement. I love the men and women out there that keep us safe, but damn, they have just given up. They're like, what do we do? You know, yeah. 97% have drugs. <laughs> like, what do we do? I'm like, yeah, yeah. What do we do? Um, maybe that's a different podcast, man. We need to, <laughs> <laughs> how do we stop it? How do we stop that? That right. Drug? So I, uh, uh, I told my daughter, I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to make sure say no to drugs. Just like dare. You know what I mean? Just say no to drugs, and I'm going to wear it, and I'm going to start holding a sign out front of your high school. I'm going to start holding that sign where they hang out at Starbucks and Subway. And uh, you know what? I'm not doing this to embarrass you. What I'm doing this for is to make sure that whoever is giving you those drugs go, I'm not giving to your dad because he's nuts. You know, he will make sure I go to jail. Uh, and, uh, I, I didn't in, end up doing it because she threw a huge stink and I was like, all right, I get it. I don't want you to get in trouble. I don't want you to get beat up at school. Um, because that's another huge thing going on. Um, so yeah, man. So, uh, I got two kids, man, that just, I, uh, wasn't being present. So guys learn from my lesson, you know, be present. I think if I was a lot more present in their life, as far as not just providing, not just protecting. That's what it is. Yep. Yeah. Providing, I mean, I mean, protecting and, and, and presence. Yep. Provide, protect. And yeah. Present. The three P's. The three P's, man. <laughs> I, I knew when you said, it, I knew what you were talking about. Uh, yeah. You have to be present. I mean, providing is great. Protecting is awesome. Being present is the most important, I think. Yeah. You know, uh, I think you can let the little bit of these two go because you can have less, maybe be a little less protective. Uh, if you're not in the means or the know-how, um, but then being present, man, is going to set your kids up a lot farther, you know, down the road. So, uh, uh, it's, it was a hard life, hard, hard lesson for me. Um, now my two kids, uh, my two younger ones, uh, hard and present, man, I'm hard and present. I'm like, all right, man, my son plays baseball. I'm like, all right, let's go out there, man. Let's show you how to stance. Let's do this. Uh, everything. What do you want to do? He's like water polo. I was like, sweet man. Uh, I'm on my phone, like water polo, San Diego. Okay, here we go. Uh, all right. He's like, yeah, I also want to be a junior lifeguard. Like, all right, junior lifeguard. Put that on the list. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what does that look like? Uh, but he's an aspiring marine biologist. So, you know, and he is dead set on it, and he wants to do it. And I'm like, all right, how can I make him get there? How can I set him up for success? Well, let's not wait till he's 20 to start scuba diving. Let's start doing it at 10. Hey, you know what? What can we do before 10? We can snorkel. Hey, let's go check out the sharks in the water before we even, you know, get down there on the bottom. So now I'm building that comfort. I'm building that confidence in him. Uh, it's a good crawl, walk, run strategy. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So he is absolutely loving it. 
Um, Are any of your kids interested in your, you know, your business endeavors or anything like that? Let's talk about that for a little bit. You want to, okay? So my business endeavors. Um, I see you're wearing that red, white, and badass shirt. Yeah, let's yeah, talk right a little here. bit about that. Yeah. All right. Um, so how I got into this, uh, I alluded that I owned a construction business, and mm-hmm. I will shorten the story greatly. Uh, I had a business partner, went south, and that business cost me. So I ended up, uh, he ended up taking a lot of money out of that company and uh, mm-hmm. making it uh, um, insolvent. Um, and I tried my damnedest to get it back, but uh, it was it was construction, and uh, I didn't love it. I I really hated it and I resented it because I felt like I was following my father's footsteps, and I never loved construction. I just fell into it. Um, out here in San, or out here in California, there's a program called DVBE, Disabled Veterans Business Enterprise. And if you have, if you're into construction and hold a construction license, there is three percent of state and federal jobs that they have. Their goal is to use disabled veterans uh, businesses on. Great, so it's fantastic. All businesses, not just a not just the construction industry. Um, construction it, it's zone. mainly aimed at construction. It's not all business. Yeah. So if you're like a knitting business, yeah, good luck. You know, um, (laughs) now, you know, if there's some thing they need for the federal or state government for that, yeah, you could get that. Um, Mm -hmm. There might be that niche for you, but it's mainly aimed at construction and service-based businesses. Uh, So I fell into it and I was very good at doing it. Just became really good at doing it. I don't know if it's just our, you know, heritage of we just builders. I'd have no idea, man but just became really good at it, really good at business. And then uh, that happened, closed that business down. I opened up another business cleaning solar panels. Now, I will tell you this. I didn't have any real skill in the construction trades. Yeah, my dad owned a construction business. I, that doesn't mean I was a master construction guy. It doesn't mean I have the skills. I did not have the skills. I opened a freaking business and learned the skills. So... If I can learn it, anybody can learn it because I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed by any stretch of imagination. Then I uh, opened a, uh, after that went uh, south, I opened a solar cleaning business, Uh, built my trailer, put all the equipment on it. Uh, Again, folks, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. You know, Uh, I just heard about this uh, buddy who did it. And I was like, all right, well, can't be that hard and got into it Uh, because I'm a hustler and I'm a networker. Uh, quickly uh, built a book of business. Then I ended up getting skin cancer. So I was, uh, the dermatologist looked at me and said, you probably shouldn't be doing this. I was like, yeah, you're probably freaking right. Um, So I was just going to close it down. I mean, it was six months, nothing crazy. And then I got approached by two people. Uh, I still, so they ended up cutting it out of my back in two spots. Uh, They still ended up, I still ended up running it. And I found a guy who cleaned solar panels, but just wasn't a business guy. He was just a worker. So I was like, hey, you go clean the panels. I'll pay you. And we did that for uh, about a month. And then I got approached by two people to buy the business and uh, ended up selling to another veteran. So ended up selling that. So I was sitting on at my computer, scratching my head, going, what in the hell am I going to do next? And I was drinking a $6 cup of Starbucks. And I got this epiphany that I think I can make better coffee than Starbucks. And I do. <laughs> so, and I knew nothing about roasting. I knew nothing about 
coffee. I didn't know nothing about growing coffee. I didn't plant coffee. I didn't grow coffee. Didn't know anything about coffee other than, hey, I want a dark roast or I want this roast or I want a pumpkin spice coffee. That's all I know. Yeah. Pumpkin spice. <laughs> oh, dude, don't even get me started, man. I got videos of me doing stupid shit with pumpkin spice. So, um, yeah, I love pumpkin spice, man. It's I don't have any pumpkin spice coffee yet. Um, I didn't make any this season. So Ooh. I know, I know, I know, I know. Still, if you go to my website, which is redwhiteandbadassbrew.com, I have great coffee minus the pumpkin spice. But uh, that's how I got into the coffee business, man. Uh, just by, you know, I wouldn't say failing. Um, you know, I, I, well, you know, I like failing and people don't understand why. Now, I don't like failing at being a father. Uh, cause that's, you know, messing with life business. You can always start another one. Um, Failures could teach you something if you pay attention enough. That's exactly it, man. My man, Samuel, dude, you have hit, you know, the nail on the head with that one, man. Failing will teach you something. If you never try, you'll never fail. You'll never get a lesson taught to you, yeah. you know, which is fine. You know, I would rather try and fail than not try at all because I can live with a failure. You know, not, not trying. Mm, no way. So yeah, man, that's how I got in the coffee business. That That's it. So, uh, red, white, that PayPal? Yeah. Well, so it wasn't actually red, white, and badass brew to begin with, man. So I, I am great at service-based businesses is what I found out. You go to e-commerce, you want to talk about a monster. E-commerce is a monster to try to get off the ground. I don't know if you guys are in business or have an e-commerce store, but dang, it is a difficult thing to do. Um, and uh, because you have to have social media, you have to be active on social media. You have to get known. Uh, brand awareness is huge. So I wasn't, I wasn't called Red White Badass Brew initially. I was called Basic Badass Coffee Company. I was called Basic Badass Coffee Company because I like pumpkin spice. So all my friends would call me Basic Bitch. <laughs> 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 and so i developed this persona i was like they posted something on facebook of like oh ha, ha dustin you basic bitch and tagged me in it and i was like these guys like oh yeah you, you think you're getting one up on me yeah not today watch this and i went to tj max or yeah tj max and they just happened to have like 10 different pumpkin spice things and so I gathered it all up and I bought it all. I was like, yeah, it was like pumpkin spice, like things you stick in coffee to popcorn to God who candles. I mean, God, who knows? It was just ridiculous how much pumpkin there, spice stuff was there. Is that where you got the idea for the, uh, the, the uh, coffee conversations and badasses? Uh, no, no, uh, that, that came later um, in, in life. So I, um, so I, I made this video and I was like, Hey, this is a basic badass here. And I'm just like shoveling this shit in my mouth, eating it. You know, like it was stupid. It was so completely <laughs> stupid. And I tagged them in it and I put it on Facebook. Yeah. But anyway, it got like five or 600 likes or views or something like that. And I'm like, who in the world is looking at this crap? Well, then I made another one and I made another one and I made another one. And I just kind of stopped making them because I was like, this is ridiculous. One, I'm too old to be doing this, um, which to, do, to this day, I'm still a man child. Um, and... <laughs> 
I didn't think anybody was really like looking at them because they get five, 600 views or I got one that got 2,500 or 3,000, which, Hey, that's going viral for me. Like I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Well, then I stopped doing them. And then people said, Hey, you need to keep doing those videos. I was like, Oh my God, really? Those, what you really like though? They're like, dude, they're funny as shit. Um, and I found out, I found uh, Starbucks secret sauce. You'd have to go look at one of my videos to find out what it is. Uh, you know, the, the, the dog shit in the yard. Yep. That's the dog shit. In the yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> that, was, that was good. That was good. Yeah, same with him, man. Same with you're on your game, man. Um, so, yeah, started the coffee company. I ended up getting sued, uh, not sued, but a, <laughs> a cease and desist letter. <laughs> so, I know. Well, I'm used to lawsuits by now, man. I'm like, what? Somebody suing me? Like, lawyer here, take it. <laughs> Who gives a shit? <laughs> um, what do they want? You know, coffee wasn't good enough. No, I've never been sued in the coffee business other than that one. And it was a uh, basic or no, not basic, a uh, fat ass coffee of Hawaii. And uh, they sent me a desist letter because uh, I'm using basic badass coffee company. And they're like badass coffee company of Hawaii or some shit like that. And my first inclination was like, oh, hold on. Let me Xerox my ass and put some lips on it and say, fucking kiss it. <laughs> you know, and send it right back to them. But then I thought about it. And I was like, pumpkin in the corner. Of it. Yeah, with that, but yeah, yeah, I do have a shirt with. You might have seen it. It had, it had a pumpkin, a tattoo of a pumpkin on it. Because you know, I was like, I want to represent pumpkin spice year round. So, oh my god. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I didn't send it off to him. I was like, you know what? You're right. That was kind of closer to name. Cool. You know what? So I changed it, and I got red, white, and badass brew. I was like, thank you for sending me a letter, man. You've created the most badass coffee company that this world is ever going to know. So inspiration uh, comes in weird ways sometimes. Right. Right. Thank you for changing my mind. You know? Uh, so yeah, red, white, badass brew was born. And, um, but the reason why we started coffee conversations and badass podcast was because of one, my story. So I didn't get into the dark of the story. So, as my co- as my construction business was closing down, I was getting lawsuits left and right. Same time I opened up that soil clean business and you know skin cancer. The, the most jacked up thing is I couldn't even have time to think about skin cancer. I was like, shit. Okay, if you kill me, you know I'll probably beat you to it. So stand in line. Uh, but I I mean it was just lawsuits after lawsuits after lawsuits, and we're not talking about you know ten thousand five thousand we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars mm. and uh now i'm lo- now i'm looking lurking on bankruptcy and losing my house and now my son and this whole time that i was dealing with this bad business my son was going down this path this dark deep path well i'm going down this dark deep path I don't have anybody else to focus on, but the last four years, last three years prior to that, uh, I was raising my kids pretty much hundred percent on my own, uh, because their mother was out being a drug addict. So my son, I'm having this real conversation with, I'm losing the battle within myself. God was putting too much on my shoulders and I didn't know how to deal with it. And I didn't let anybody else in. Very few people knew everything that was going on with me. Uh, Then my oldest daughter tried to commit suicide. And I found her in the morning. um, And got her to the hospital. Thank God she 
lived without any adverse reactions of, you know, she took like 400 like ibuprofen or Tylenol or something like that. Um, uh, you know, broke, broke my heart. Um, and I, I, I had enough. I was done. I was done with my life. Um, you know, I was, I was a lousy father, um, just a terrible partner. And, uh, I just couldn't catch a break in life. Uh, so I was, uh, I was going to commit suicide. I wrote five letters to the five most important people to me. And, uh, the day that I was going to do it, I went over to one of my buddy's house and, uh, talked to him and, uh, he's like, dude, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? And at the end, he didn't know I was in that realm yet. Uh, in the, in the conversation, uh, I told him, Hey man, great know you dude. I love you, man. And, uh, he's very present in his thoughts and he looks at me like, what the hell do you mean by that? And, uh, I said, I just couldn't do this shit anymore. And, uh, he, he, he gave me clarity. Uh, and I was like, Hey, what, what's one thing you look forward to? And I was like, nothing, dude, nothing, man. I don't look forward to anything, dude. I actually just wish I'd die in my sleep. I don't even want to wake up. He goes, well, when you wake up, what do you look forward to? I was like, well, my coffee in the morning. That's one thing I can look forward to. I know it's consistent. So I did. Uh, so really coffee ended up really saving my life because it gave me that motivation every single morning. Hey, wake up, have some of that badass coffee, drink it. And then every morning he would check in on me. Hey, shot a text, shot a text. Started looking a little less bleak. Um, inevitably, I went down another dark, deep path when I found out I was losing my house and uh, almost took my life. Uh, this time I didn't write any letters. I didn't, didn't write any letters, didn't tell anybody, didn't go talk to nobody, uh, took some oxycodone and, um, my gun, fortified my house up, shot the lights off and called my, not my two oldest kids, but my two younger kids. And, uh, you know, just told them, Hey, you know, just talk to them for a bit and tell them I love you. And my oldest daughter is very in tune with herself and she went to her mom and goes hey i don't something's not right with dad and she ended up coming over to my house couldn't get in fortified blacked out all the curtains were shut and uh she went home messaged uh my best friend who the first time who saved my ass um and was like hey something's up with dustin but he comes over to my house my neighbor was is a cop and when he does, he was coming over there, checking the doors, trying to get in. And he's like, hey, what are you doing? And my neighbor didn't know him. He's like, hey, there's uh, just trying to check on Dustin. You know, he's not answering his phone. His uh, ex and his daughter's worried about him. Ended up, they saw me in bed. I was slumped over, gun in my hand. Uh, they ended up calling the police, uh, doing a welfare check. Police come. Uh, by this time, they were shining a fucking floodlight in my eyes, and I just ended up waking up. Woke up. Went to the door, groggy as fuck, still the gun in my hand. And he's like, hey, police are here. And uh, he's like, go, dude, put your gun away. My safe was open. Put my gun away. Cops came. Uh, answered all the questions. Oh, no, I'm okay. You know, just a bad time. You know, da 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 They're like, okay, well, he's not 5150. So uh, my best friend laid down with me. Uh, I went back to sleep because it was fucking oxycodones. Went back to sleep. Next morning, he's like, hey, dude, we're getting you help. And I was like, yep, we are, because uh, I will not be living longer if, if I don't. So 
that's when uh, the, that's not when the coffee conversation, the badass was born, but my story was the inspiration of creating it because it focuses on mental health, addiction, relationships, and business struggles. Um, encompasses all that because of what we go through mentally is going to affect our relationships. It's going to affect Absolutely. your business. Absolutely. You know, if you have an addiction issue, it's going to affect your mental health. It's going to affect your relationships. It's going to affect your business. If you're having mm-hmm. business struggles, it's going to affect your mental health. It's going to affect your relationships. And hopefully it doesn't cause addictions. You know, hopefully same thing it doesn't with you know, cost somebody a life. And that's why we do the podcast is showing is hoping somebody will listen to the stories that we have on there. And it'll mm-hmm. save somebody's lives. Unfortunately, due to some time constraints, we're kind of going to have to, you know, maybe call it a call it a night. At least I'm going to have to bow out, you know, for that. We were talking about the three P's earlier, yeah. you know, being present and uh, it's going to be one of them. I've got my kids downstairs waiting for me to finish wrapping up dinner. So I'm going to have to kind of, I'm going to have to kind of excuse myself here in just a second and everything. Would you be gracious enough or would you be willing enough to, to come back on the show again and speak with us again? You've got a lot of great information and a lot of really good stories to tell. And we would really be eager and really be love to have you back on again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, no, that's great. That's great. Corey, um, Corey's usually the, uh, um, he's the hub. We funnel a lot of the information and the invites and the scheduling over towards him. And if you, like I said, if you'd be willing to come back on the show again, you know, we can do a part two and we can extend this conversation out and you've given us so much material and we'd love to make some reels and really would love to kind of, you know, catch up with you again and, and keep this conversation going and even maybe, you know, be a part or try to jump in on that podcast that, that you've got there with the coffee and conversations at some point. Yeah, if, absolutely. If you're interested. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great. Great. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Uh, like and I said, Corey, you got to be present, man. I get that, man. You, yeah. Daddy's duty is number one. So, yeah. like I said, I, it's it's been a pleasure for me, and I, I'm speaking for my co-host and everything like that too. I think it's it's been a great experience, and we really would look forward to having you on again. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah, like I said, you seem like a really cool dude. I'm gonna send you uh, a friend request. And, you know, we can continue talking offline sometime. I know you probably got a really hectic and busy schedule. Um, with that being said, uh, if Dan's prepared and ready for it and stuff, we just got like a little daddy joke. You know, we like to kind of put in there towards the end of our shows. And then Corey will wrap it up and uh, take us to the end. Do it. All right. Um, if April showers bring May flowers, what do May flowers bring? Hmm. Uh, property taxes are due. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't it. Okay, I got nothing. Me. <laughs> Fuck. That's a good one, man. Mine's just <laughs> like uh, <laughs> wedding invitations. Nope. Mayflowers b- bring pilgrims. Oh. oh. Dang. Man, I wasn't even. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> God. Oh, stupid, stupid, Be- stupid, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Pilgrims. Oh, shit. Should have oh, got that. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't think my lag ever got better, but um, I uh, apologize for that. And like Sam said, hopefully uh, you are able to come back and it will be better next time. You made things super easy for me because in spite of my technological difficulties, I didn't have to do anything. So that was awesome. And uh, no one will ever know in the podcast and no one will ever really care in the uh, YouTube video. So it'll work out all right either way. 
Um, I d we'll just do this the best we can. Uh, you know, we'll skip the extra YouTube stuff and just end it with, uh, you know, hey, uh, this has been your two dads. If you liked it, you know, like, follow, share, and all the places, and uh, we will uh, appreciate that, and we'll keep doing it. Otherwise, we're going to stop. We're just going to stop tomorrow. No shares, no more, no more episodes. So uh, keep that in mind. But uh, you know, otherwise, uh, you know, for uh, well, for myself, uh, you know, take it easy, and uh, we'll check you later. Yeah, we'll check you later. Check you later. Look at your reflection in the mirror. You're creature of the night, Michael. Just like out of a comic book. You're a vampire, Michael. My own brother, a goddamn shit-sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. Sammy, wait. Sam!